Well, the story of Christmas does not begin with the birth of Jesus. It is a story of hope that was written into the very fabric of creation and alluded to in the earliest chapters of Scripture. It is a hope that many generations of God's people have clung on to in the darkness. The darkness that they have faced in their own personal lives and in the world around them. Times of darkness and times of uncertainty have always been part of the journey of faith. And we reflect upon them at Advent. It is only when we fully contemplate the darkness that the hope of the light of Christ that we celebrate at Christmas truly makes sense. And so this morning we're going to take a few moments just to contemplate darkness. In order that as we progress through Advent, that we might appreciate more fully the light. We think back to the beginning of Genesis and the first two verses of chapter 1. And we discover right at the beginning of the Bible that there are two things present. God and darkness. Says this, Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Whether physical darkness or spiritual darkness, we have a God who is not scared to be present in the darkness. And he has the power to transform darkness into light. And of course, that is what he does in chapter 1, verse 3, where it says, Then God said, Let there be light. And those powerful opening words and the imagery it contains helps us as God speaks into the darkness and light comes. And that becomes symbolic of the story of the Bible. It is a story of the light of God shining into the darkness of our world. As we decorate our trees and prepare for Christmas, putting up lights and candles in our homes and around the city. The lights we see everywhere remind us of that story that we are contemplating and celebrating at this time of year. Of light breaking into the darkness. Not just the physical darkness of our world but the spiritual darkness of our world. A darkness that entered creation at the beginning of humanity's story, as recorded in Genesis 3. In that chapter, we read these words. It says this, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden. Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. 
and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. This is the story, the biblical account of the fall of mankind as a spiritual darkness, sin and death enters the world. We note the main actors on the stage. We have the serpent. We have Adam and Eve. And in the background we have God who has set the context for this scene. He had provided the garden and the garden was a place of blessing. A place of provision where God had provided mankind with all they needed to flourish. And God sets everything in motion, giving but one instruction to Adam before heading off temporarily. It says, do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You see, like any good parent, God knew that there were things in creation that could cause harm to his children. So in a spirit of love, a spirit of care, a spirit of protection, he seeks to warn them and guide them and put boundaries in place. But as he leaves, the serpent comes. The serpent is shrewd and he comes to Eve who has not heard the commandment from God directly. Rather, she has heard it secondhand from Adam. And so he comes to exploit that weakness and begins by seeking to plant confusion and doubt. As he asks, did God really say? Of course, if she had heard it firsthand, perhaps she could have refuted this false claim quickly. But had she heard and understood right, why had God said such things? And you can imagine for the very first time, questions and doubts start to come into her mind. Then the serpent causes Eve to question whether God really has her best interests at heart. He says, God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Serpent implies that there is something that God does not want her to know, a secret that is being kept from her, that if uncovered would change everything. But Eve has a fear that is holding her back. You see, she has remembered those words that if she eats of this fruit, she will die. But note how the serpent seeks to alleviate this fear, playing down any no negative consequences of sin, falsely assuring her that all will be well, as he says, you will certainly the oldest trick in the book 
so doubt, so uncertainty. Tell someone that by not doing something, they are missing out. Or worse still, that they are being kept in the dark. And then if any moral conscience is still operating and some fear of action still exists, falsely assure that person that there will be no consequences for their actions. So Eve takes the fruit and she eats. And she gives the fruit to Adam and he eats without question. Eve should not get all the blame. In fact, when God discovers what has happened, he actually holds Adam responsible. And the Bible tells us and history affirms that through Adam, sin and darkness and death enter our world. Romans 5.12 says sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way death came to all people because all sinned. We see it around us, don't we? And we have all heard that voice saying to us, did God really say? Does God really care about you? Does God really have your best interests at heart? Is there something that God is holding back from you? Come on, just try this. You can be like God also. Don't worry, nothing bad will happen to you. And every generation takes and eats and is seduced by a lie and darkness reigns over our world. John 3.19 says, People love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us walk in darkness and that includes us as Christians this morning. You see, there is a danger sometimes as Christians that we can see ourselves as better than others. But for us to appreciate the power of light this Advent, we must recognise that it is not just the world that walks in darkness, but we walked in darkness also. We fell also. We sinned also. We rebelled against God also. We were in need of salvation also. This is not just a problem that others face. It is a problem that we face also. And when we recognize that darkness reigns in each of our hearts, it leads us to celebrate the story of Advent. One which generation after generation have put their hope in as they have awaited the Messiah. Here is the power of Advent for those waiting in darkness. A new light has dawned. This Advent we hear the words of Matthew 4.16 ringing in our ears. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light and for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death on them a light has dawned. And as we hear these words, we remind ourselves of this hope. 
no matter how dark our world seems. This year has been a dark one. Into that darkness a light shines, a new day dawns, and we must fix our eyes on it. John 1.5 says the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And as sin enters our world through Adam, so a second Adam comes, one who is perfect in every way. He comes as a child, innocent and pure, born of Mary, but also of God. And he lives a perfect life, never once corrupted, never once giving in to temptation. And as sin would come to all through Adam, so salvation would come to all through this child, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light of the world. His light shines in the darkness of the world, and the darkness shall not overcome it. He illuminates before us the path of salvation. He wages war on the powers of darkness, that no more would they have a hold over your life and mine. And as he battles sin and wins victory on the cross, so also he rises from the dead three days later. And as he does so, he breaks the power of death, which also entered the world that fateful day. Now the light of Jesus shines into our world. Yes, the darkness is still present. There is still a battle going on between darkness and light in each one of our lives and in the world around us. But because of Jesus, victory is assured. Hear these words, this time from the end of Scripture and from the book of Revelation. 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said this, I am making everything new. Did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, 
for there will be no night there. And the glory and the honour of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Hallelujah. God is making all things new. He is dispelling the darkness of our broken world. And as we await that final day when the Lord will once and for all get rid of all darkness and he will be our light, we are sent out into the world to shine for Jesus and to participate with him in his work of bringing his light to the world. Thessalonians 5.5 tells us that if we are in Jesus, we are children of light. It says, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. And Ephesians 5.8 reminds us, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Finally, those well-known verses in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So this Advent, we too go out into the darkness of this world to shine for Jesus. We are to carry the light of Jesus into the communities in which he has placed us, we are to carry the light of Jesus to our family and friends, to our places of work and our circles of influence. As a church, we are to carry the light of Jesus into the community around this building. The light we carry is not our own. It originates in Christ Jesus. It is his light that shines in and through each one of us. So how are you being called by God this Advent to be a living light for others? In the darkness of our world, how will the light of Christ shine through you this Advent? For the darkness in our own lives, we are reminded that Jesus is the light of the world. For the darkness in the city of Glasgow, we are reminded that Jesus is the light of the world. For the darkness in our nation and in every nation of the world at this time, we are reminded that Jesus is the light of the world. And as the light of the world comes, so he dispels the darkness. Hallelujah. What a hope we have this Advent Sunday.
Let us pray. Jesus Christ, light of the world, we invite you this morning into the darkness of our hearts. We invite you this morning into the darkness that this pandemic has caused right around our world. And for all the situations of darkness that are present in our world, may your light shine. And we pray this Advent that we as your church may carry your light out into the darkness of our communities, of our city, of our world. That Jesus, the light of the world, might shine in and through us. We pray this in the name of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.